Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, a podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society can sometimes make us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline, and I'm a collection of pagan mouth sounds. Joining me is author and the thing you listen to while getting a massage, Sloane Crossley. <laughs> Hello! What a delight to be here. What a delight to talk about Enya. Oh, yes. Well, what a del- an honour, truly. And we can keep on using adjectives, but I, I mean this, or nouns. I don't know which is which. I'm a writer. Um, but I think that... Um, to talk to an Irish person about Enya <laughs> and a, a, a culturally savvy person who probably I feel like um, I'm a little bit out of my depth here, out of my league talking about Enya um, with anyone from Ireland, oh, but I'm excited. So this is the, the fascinating thing, and we'll, we'll get into your background in a second. Literally, we had a podcast um, a couple of episodes ago where uh, Siobhan McSweeney, the one of the stars of Dairy Girls, she made a kind of a very offhand reference to Enya where she was like, oh, you know how everyone thinks we are, like fucking riding around like Enya on a horse. <laughs> and I realized that we're like this anti-snobbery podcast it's all about reclaiming stuff. And there was me and Siobhan just taking the piss out of Enya. And I was like, we are not practicing what we preach. <laughs> you should, well, she, I think aside... From me, you two probably have sold more albums than Enya. Yes. Or no. Yes. So Maybe not. She's, I think. Like I, you have to respect the sales figures <laughs> of Enya. You absolutely do. And thing, so I, I think, you know, Enya's obviously, she arrived and then um, she was always there. Like Tom Hanks or somebody. She, just, she arrived right. and into the public consensus and then she never left. And right. every now and then she spikes and it's like, oh, she's doing a Lord of the Rings soundtrack or whatever. But she's never left. You know, it's like she, no. she's a shorthand for a certain kind of music and a certain kind of mood that you must be in to listen to that kind of music. She's, yeah, she's parked, she's parked that horse in your imagination <laughs> and now that's where she lives. Exactly. But I didn't, I have to say, um, I first heard of Enya through my coolest cousin. Okay, okay, so bring me back. Which is a shock. Give me the year, the day, what you were wearing, what you're eating, everything. Okay, okay. Um, oh, so I'm gonna say way early 90s. Um, I'm probably 12, somewhere between 11 and 13, which for, for those listening at home is 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's a maths podcast. <laughs> Hey, everybody. <laughs> love it, um, love it. But I had a cousin who lived in Syracuse, which is a sort of mid-sized, mid-sized, mid-sized city, excuse me, in upstate New York. And she was just very cool. She kind of, she was my first exposure to the kind of person who had a first exposure to everything. Mm. So she seemed to know about everything about three or four months in advance. She... Um, she developed earlier than everyone else. So, you know, much to the chagrin of her parents was sort of sneaking out of the house, but they even had this cool house, like from the movies that one could sneak out of, you know, you could find the sturdy branch Mm. and sort of slide down it. That was sort of connected to your bedroom window. And she had one of these bedrooms. I've actually never seen anything like it. It was just a sort of old house that had a sort of second room, off of it. Oh, like a suite? Like a smaller room. Yeah, like a suite. She had but an antechamber? It, <laughs> she did. It makes it sound huge. It was not a big bedroom. It just was perfect for a little girl or a teenage girl who, you know, I'm sure it was stuffed animals when she was little and probably drug paraphernalia as she got older. But it's wow. that kind of dream. Like, I mean, I live in a New York City apartment. I still dream that, you know, it's a wonderful slash horrible dream we all have that you're going to sort of touch a panel on the back of your closet and just a small bedroom, an extra bedroom will be there, an extra closet. Um, And she sort of lived it and I thought she was the coolest. And uh, our family was visiting and we stayed over, um, obviously, several nights. And 
I stayed in like a on the sort of sofa in her room, which again, massive. Sofa in the room. Exactly. Massive. I'm massive. imagining like, such I just, an, like an American teen dream, like Kelly Kapowski on her landline phone in the yeah. bedroom, sort of twiddling around the long cord, you know? Right, yeah. And it's it's a see-through phone, you know? Yes. With like, ne- with like neon inner workings. <laughs> like, oh, still the dream. Yeah. Maybe a Swatch watch the size of an elephant. Yeah. I mean, it's really... <laughs> It was like that, and um, I did not grow up like that. I grew up very uh, sort of uh, in a small, boring home. (laughs) Sorry to my parents. But um, anyway, so we were going to sleep, and she's like, I've been doing this thing lately where I listen to music when I sleep. And I thought, okay, that's going to be really distracting. Because even at that young age of between 11 and 13, I was quite sensitive <laughs> to like go. I had to sleep like basically mm. in like a sensory deprivation tank. Yes, yes. Um, and she played Enya's Shepherd Moons. Um, and I was like, what is this? I just had never heard anything like it. I was completely enchanted and entranced. Um, and it's still what I use to follow asleep. And I, I should say that history is sort of corrected itself it's not that my cousin isn't a lovely human being but like she had a lot of inspirational quotes and posters and Mm. things like that like looking back that that weren't so cool it wasn't like the rolling stone and like jesus and mary jane it was like you know like she just didn't have that great taste in music (laughs) but she had but she exposed me to enya and so i thought i still think like i'm like this is the way to relax this is the correct way that is such a specific kind of... It's so of, specific. ...of child for her to be. Like, the idea like the idea of, like, the cool cousin who's got tits already, like, playing you records, and it's, like, maybe it's, like, Annie DeFranco or the Indigo Girls. Like, that, right. that I have a picture for, like, in my head. Well, like, I went to an all-girls camp, so I could already, already check that up. I think the time period, Enya... I don't know about the other... I'm not that familiar with the other albums, but the time period... That Shepherd Moons came out, I, it was like definitely Mariah Carey, mm. definitely REM. I'm trying to think of other. It's like pre Tori Amos, but Amy Grant. But there, like, if you listen to all that kind of music, I feel like there is a bit of like a synth, yes, like breathy soul, and it's like this was like she had taken the cappuccino and just skim the foam off top off the top and just giving you like a full like this is what you're actually looking for when you're looking to have this sort of like fake dramatic merchant ivory experience yes 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 it's and it's this this instant romance and this thing of like not having lyrics that are necessarily instantly recognizable or even if they're in english instantly mean anything it's, no. But it's this sense of like conjuring a landscape and it being like a portal to an inner world, you know? It's- Absolutely. And that inner world is the inner world <laughs> of a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like... Yeah, I just like... <laughs> it's just... And it's it's that... It's also... <laughs> the inner world of a mermaid. It's really true. It's like the inner world of like... I don't even know, like, fairy electronica. I don't know what it would be called. But what's weird is because it's so, I mean, you have to love, you know, and I, I know that you, this is part of why you do this podcast, is that you, the, the thorough appreciation for something that is not on the fence. It is just going for it. Yes, you know? yes. And, and, and I bet that if I were to speak to her, which I would not because she doesn't do interviews, <laughs> but if, if I somehow she let me into the door of her castle and um, I got pl- past the like crushed velvet rope that surely... And exists. the 3D painting of a unicorn <laughs> and a waterfall. The 3D painting. It's on velvet. It's not a big deal. <laughs> she actually probably has like a very minimalist style with like Picassos and Eames chairs and just nobody knows. <laughs> but, but I think that... I know I, w- I would never want to because it's like never meet your heroes here because I'm sure I appreciate her incorrectly and I'm sure any musician or artist would would say that you know that's not true that, that but I just feel like it's too I'm, I'm I have too camp an entry point yes for Enya even though the the introduction was quite serious but quite serious from like what a 15 year old girl who used it to fall asleep like 
I do, I love sure the idea she... of like <laughs> of like a a fifteen year old girl in like the early nineties who already has like a meditation practice in place. I know she did. She also had this these posters on her wall from this brand that I I I think was American Malls only. Um, called Successories, which is basically inspirational posters for classrooms. Um, but they actually did quite well, you know, like desk calendars, things like oh, that. Oh, right, right, right. That would say a single word and then uh, give some marketing person's definition of what that word meant. Um, so it would be like risk, courage, love. And then you would have something underneath. And she had one, I think it was courage, had a picture of a sailboat oh. at night very Enya, um, in the sort of gloomy blue moonlight, you know, um, and it said, I'll never forget, it said, we cannot explore new oceans unless we have the courage to lose sight of the shore. Um, wow. And I remember thinking, yeah, she's so, she's so deep and her boobs are so big. <laughs> she has felt the depth and the history of womanhood through those new titties. I did. I, did. I was like, Wow. <laughs> it's so funny when you like when you witness like an inspirational quote for the first time as a young person whose like brain is beginning to stretch right and they can really right. just be a combination of any sort of words put together like you know foot, the whole footprints in the sand thing i remember the first time i heard footprints in the sand at the wedding i was like what the fuck when there was one <laughs> set of, sh- of fucking footprints jesus carried you oh my god <laughs> but it, yeah the footprints in the sand sand thing at least involves um a riddle which is more sophisticated i think than <laughs> Quote yeah just like hey things about boats sometimes you you know they get rocked sometimes you rock them you know i think i think fitzgerald said that all right so you've had the most transformative artistic sleepover of your life um, it truly and, yes and yes. are you are, like you leave and you're like saying to your parents we gotta we gotta go to a music shop we gotta get in yeah I think I knew, first of all, appreciation for the time period that no, there was no downloading involved. Yes. We have to go to ye old music shopping and pick up, pick up a CD or a tape. I, I realized um, I, I couldn't, I was like struggling. I was like, oh, what's an American music shop? And I was like, Empire Records? No, that's a film. No, that's a film. Virgin, Sam Goody, I don't know. But uh, but uh, I was, I don't know where we bought. That's a really good quote. Where do we buy music? I don't know. It just sort of appeared on mixtapes, I think. Um but uh, no, I think even, I think it was a, uh, a private respect, I think, that I knew. Because we have our own sort of version of this, which is probably Yanni. You yes, know, or I'm aware like of Yanni, a, yes. Yeah. Or a modern version, although I think he's um, sort of quite charming and sort of has a kind of unquestionable sort of universal talent the voice of an angel is uh josh groban mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but still you wouldn't be like do you know what i'm gonna do tonight i'm gonna go to a josh groban concert and or have you over for dinner and only listen to josh groban <laughs> i think josh groban would probably be upset by this and similarly i think enya would be but like i didn't i think i just sort of kept it for myself and somehow it definitely was cd i just obtained the cd i bought i purchased the cd at some point and then um, it worked so well that for a long time I could not tell you what was on the second half of the album because I used it to fall asleep. Uh. <laughs> but now I've like listened to it a little more. But it's still like um, I'll put on like if there's construction in my apartment, like noise canceling headphones, fire up the Enya, take a very nice thirty minute nap, and um, I for some reason I'm not humiliated by it because no you should and you shouldn't be it's so part well you should be humiliated by anything you like I feel like there is like not to undermine the entire uh, concept of the podcast but like I do feel like there should be or is no are no more guilty pleasures. Yeah, no, I think we, we right? I think like if it's a pleasure as long as it's legal. We're but at cool. the same time, I I do kind of feel like. We're, we, we're all fine with liking what we like. It's like, hey, you know, have fun, whatever. But it's like, it's like attaching critical consensus to these little people that we were when we loved these right. things so much. And these feelings were so huge. And then we kind of, as we get older, we develop this sort of shell and we, we understand these cues from different people of like, what is cool or not cool. And you, when you first realize that Enya isn't cool and then you subvert it into being like a, an ironic thing about yourself and then you 
use of Brennan to be thinking like, the funny thing about me is that I'm Sloane Crosley and I'm this like, uh, like incredibly erudite essayist who's very famous for her like wry, dry sense of humour. But also I like the most sincere instrumental Irish Celtic <laughs> music ever. It's like a fun fact, right? Like if it you were- is. It's true. <laughs> but it's, I not, but any, I mean, the thing is, it's true. I know exactly what you mean. And I actually also really appreciate the idea of that sort of laundering of our tastes. Do you know, like, like the end yes. that we have to maybe, it, and even the things that come to us now, you have to sort of work out all the angles and go through this digestive process about how you like it. What part of you likes it? You know, is this part of a scene? Are you rejecting the scene? Whereas the things you like when you're little become a little more indelible. Um, yeah. I mean, there is, I suppose that pressure on adults sometimes, especially frankly, any kind of artist or writer, um, a musician, or I, I don't think this happens to scientists that much, but who get asked, you know, Q and A's for magazines. There's yes. this pressure to feel cooler than you were earlier than you were. Um, you know, and say, oh yeah, my first concert was something great when maybe your second concert was something great. And your first concert was like, I don't know, hypothetically rusted root, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just not important. But the, but the thing that, like, I just feel like, but Shepard Moons, I just don't know why Americans, I haven't really had the Enya conversation with anyone else. This is like a, a sort of a virginal experience. I don't think I've talked about this with anyone in my entire life. Like, this is not a known <laughs> thing amongst my friends. Like, oh. Uh, we're going to get Sloan an Enya-themed birthday cake or an Enya-themed party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's past 12. So right. I'm talking about Enya again. Although, by, by the way, an Enya, my birthday is tomorrow. And if, if my friends throw me an Enya-themed birthday party, I would be so oh. happy. But I don't think no one knows. First of all, happy birthday. Thanks. Second of all, very easy to get together, I think. Because, like, all you have to do is go into any sort of regional suburban mind body spirit type of shop <laughs> of which like it doesn't matter how small the town is there's one of them kind of yeah. thing where there's like um like a f- two fairies in porcelain w- over a crystal ball <laughs> and, and like tarot and like a little crystal shelf and like it's all part of the Enya experience yes, yes. and like I, I I'm so fascinated by this sort of uh Irish American divide right because Enya is one of these artists who um, she, it happens a couple of times, but like it happened with like Glenn Hansard as well, where she almost we we sort of um, ship her off on the on the famine <laughs> boat, and there's like this response to the U.S. that Ireland becomes very flattered but very baffled by, and because I, <laughs> like I was even because I was born 1990, so like by the time I was a teenager, Enya was already a joke. Right. And this thing, this thing that we thought of as, as like vaguely sort of shameful and being like, oh, this is what Americans think of us. They think that we sort of like live in these strange painterly music videos surrounded by sprites wearing like long belted velvet gowns with like a little Celtic thing in the middle. And like and that was something to be like pushed away from. And it was something it was like a tool to make fun of Americans with. Right. Which was very the style of the time. Like and then actually like, also sort of, you know, it's that whole, you know, be careful if you're holding a hot coal because you get burned. Like it's, it, it becomes a tool for yourself too, because when I, when I hear you talk about it, it's so funny because Enya had a real place of like, in like the breathy reverb of new age music. You know, I think yes. that, I don't know if she ever hit the charts. If she did, I doubt, I mean, did I hear her, you know, on a top 40 station? I don't think so. And so I don't think like the American conception of Ireland has that much to do with Enya at all. Like if we were to make a pie graph and you, you know, you had James Joyce someplace and you had yeah, the, yeah. a sheep and like really great um, alcohol tolerance and whiskey and like, you know, the troubles and you have them all in this like insane, <laughs> just now I'm just saying things, you know, you have them in this insane no, I'm pie graph. Um, I think Enya you know, obviously you two's in there. I think Enya would take up more of a space for you in terms of what you think Americans think. Yes. It might not even register on a lot of us. So in other words, it's, it's speaking to insecurities about, you know, Oh, do they think that we're almost, do you know, do they think that we're just sort of leaving, you know, don't sit there. There's a fairy sitting there or a troll. (laughs) Totally. 
Yeah, it's so interesting because it's like, it's this like circular, it's like this conversation that Ireland is having with America, but America is a sock puppet animated by your own right hand. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's this thing of like, um, and particularly in that period, I'm talking like, but so by the time I became aware of Enya, so which would have been the late 90s, she was still a thing and she was still recording and she was still somebody who was known for being kind of elusive and strange and magical and stuff. Um but like it was the sense of like this is what americans think of us and this is because ireland was having this huge economic boom at the time and it was like really like dragging itself into the 21st century and it was like look we have blenders now you know it's like there's a there's a mcdonald's we have a domino's pizza we are chic there's chemotherapy available you know kind of thing Uh, and then it became the thing at the domino's pizza which is the weirdest thing but that's where you get it (laughs) <laughs> I just I just have such a, a strong memory of like when Domino's came to Ireland. I was about thirteen or fourteen, and I was like, "We've we've hit the big time, guys." Yeah, still pretty good if you're drunk, but yeah. right, still great. I still love it. I I still like I could have it anywhere and still associate with a kind of glamour of like, guys, we're on the come up. Yeah, <laughs> if you eat pizza out of a box, you're on the come up as a nation. <laughs> and meanwhile, yeah, I get it. So you're dragging yourself forward. And meanwhile somewhere back in America and <laughs> yeah. um, winning, winning a Grammy, right? It's like early 90s. Oh, actually late 90s. You're talking. Yeah. I think she won it in the early 90s. Yes. But yeah, and so you're thinking that's, yeah, we picked the wrong sort of yeah. Irish hero. Well, what I find sort of sort of fascinating about this is like, I, I kind of hit on a little bit earlier, which is the thing of um, often on this podcast, somebody comes on and like, you can really draw a straight line between the work they do now and this work they were fascinated by when they were younger and what they are still fascinated by. And like, I think it's almost more interesting when you kind of can't <laughs> draw that line because like everything, like I've, I've enjoyed your work for years and I'm really enjoying your new book called classic. Um, but like, it's like, I wouldn't like, there is, there's no adjective I would describe about Sloan Crossley's work that I would also describe about Enya's work. It's like the, your, your voice as a writer is so direct and frank and like witty and, and all these wonderful things. But it's like, then you get Enya. That's just like this sort of, this breath on the wind. It's like, you have to just tell it a secret to even know it's there. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I, and I made me wonder, I was like, you know, you've got Shepherd Moons in your, you've, you've trapped it in the house. You have it. You can listen to it in your sleep. Like, how is it sinking in and, and melding with the other influences in your life? Like, are you a witchy kid? Are you into unicorns and mermaids? Like, what's right. the world? Right. Oh, I love this question. Um, uh, well, first of all, you've not heard my new age folk music album so you have no idea <laughs> you have no idea that it is a direct line i contain multitudes <laughs> how dare you <laughs> but um yeah that's well that's got some lovely compliments embedded in it um i think that uh i i did like i was not a popular kid when i was little um and so uh i like a true kid who was once unpopular i stress like a time limit you know, like when I was little, don't worry. Now it's fine. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I loved mermaids and unicorns and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, Pegasus, Pegasi, Pegasi. I should uh, know the plural. Pegasuses. Oof, that's a tough one. But anyway, so, <laughs> sure. But I just feel like I did like, but there's no other um, comp. Like I wasn't also listening to, you know, I mean, the other music that's probably coming into my ears at the time is like The Chronic. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's not like I was listening to whatever, there was no, you know, internet at the time, but whatever would be the suggested other artists to listen to if you like Enya, you know? Um, and I think it's a thing every once in a while, something sort of falls into your net that does sort of get stuck. So, so it really is just sort of random. I don't think it has like a huge root system to my creative work, definitely to my childhood as has, you know, been discussed, but I, something in, uh, to this in cult classic too, where as a kid, in terms of what I read, it was Alice in Wonderland and, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in a secret garden. And I mentioned Labyrinth even naturally earlier. Yes, Do you know what yes. I mean? Like this idea of like the secret portion of your life, you know? And I feel like in the novel, without giving too much away, just, uh, I mean, it's on the flap copy. Everyone's always hesitant to give the following away. But basically, um, there is a character who is running an upscale mind control cult out of an abandoned synagogue on the Lower East Side. And there's even a moment in the book, if I may, where 
you know, when our heroine first sees these other people across the street from her in New York sort of craning their necks with that very, I think it's New York specific. Most things that we think are New York specific are in fact not because we're ego maniacs. <laughs> but that, that um, kind of bitterness and jealousy over why are you allowed to go into that space? What's in there? Do you yes. live there? Yes. As a Londoner, I know that's pretty you know, very like, well. like, yes. that just the amount of questions that run through your brain. Is that a new space I should know about? What goes on in there? Is that, you know, an AA meeting? Anything. It doesn't have to be cool. It's just something you want in on, you know, it doesn't have to be an amusement park ride. You just want in on it. And I feel like the, what can I, I can only describe like a, a soul of magic sounds. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and there is something to that, to just sort of alternative worlds. Um, these are almost, these are sort of fantastical, either overlays or underpinnings, depending on how you look at the books, for a comedy of manners that's dark and wry and, you know, all these things. But like, there's something a little weird in both of them. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily, I'm actually working on the movie of cult classic right now. Oh my God. Which is exciting. I wouldn't necessarily like look at the music supervisor and be like, listen, we're going to do all Enya. It's the whole thing. (laughs) It's the whole soundtrack. This whole movie is going to sound like the Lord of the Rings. All of it. Yeah. And then I'd negotiate down. She's like, maybe one song. I'd be like, great. That's all I actually wanted. (laughs) One song. Not to, you know, make it too overly simplistic. It is that thing of the unpopular child's dream that there is a another place, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, I wasn't, no one was shoving me into lockers. It's not Saved by the Bell, you know. But... <laughs> you have to understand, my vision of American friendlessness is that you are constantly have your head in the toilet. But that's my, that is my <laughs> that, impression. Okay, so we were talking about the Irish-American. I think <clears throat> that it's head in the toilet, but like skirt in the air. Like you have like, you know your private school or prep school, you know, like the sort of like tartan or plaid skirt yes. and the little tie and then your head's being shoved in the toilet. So it's a much more elegant toilet shoving than we would have, you know, with our pants down and our, our like Abercrombie overalls or whatever the hell we were wearing, you know, like. Right. But yeah, we had a much more, actually, I always thought that like, um, oh yeah, the Irish private schools. I think my conception of that comes from, Ugh, so I'm so sorry for this, but probably Angela's Ashes from Frank McCourt. Oh yeah, well that's what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I was just growing up, people <laughs> fucking falling down from TB everywhere. <laughs> I thought I'd just launch into a sec for a second about the sort of new age as a thing, because I find the whole thing quite fascinating. That there was this whole, and it actually weirdly it made me think of cult classic in a way. Um, organically, not as a as a marketing shoe in, um, where <laughs> where in the that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, uh, in the sixties and seventies, you get this whole sort of like hippie movement, right? And like you know uh, the the sort of idea of new thinking, right? Of like Alan Watts and all this sort of like idea that you can your mind is more powerful than you possibly know, mm. and that you can. Yeah, met, using meditation to change the world and all that kind of stuff and then it's like the 80s comes along and like it feels like there was just so many people and weirdly I was listening to an interview with somebody who, who had escaped this cult called the Moonies I think you're probably familiar with oh them. sure yeah, yeah well we use it we use it um I actually just not to uh detract too much sorry to interrupt but uh we use it um colloquially like join the Moonies. Yes. Even yeah, though yeah, yeah. weirdly, I probably know less about that than I do about um, Jonestown, Wild Wild Country, you know. Yeah. Nexium. Like I actually don't even know anything really about the Moonies except for how we use it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I was sort of similar, but I think it's because like not a bunch of people got murdered. So it's like, it's, it's fairly so low it's, level. On the yeah. Culture. It's like joining the circus, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but he sort of started talking and it was while I was prepping this episode I heard this like the 60s 70s he he was this generation that grew up with this kind of concept of we can change the world and the idea of your your mind being more powerful than you think it is and meditation and all this kind of stuff and then the 80s coming along and that sort of screeching to a halt in such a big way and then sort of 
Reaganism taking over and it being this, we've all seen the, you know, money, money, money everywhere. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. just the idea of consumerism and big and the hair Trickle spraying. down, trickle down. Trickle yeah. down, exactly. We all know the buzzwords. Um, but the idea, I had never really quite considered before that there were these sort of like leftover people who had grown up with these 60s and 70s values who were now hitting their 30s and 40s who were like, what ha- what happened to us? And that they would like find themselves in this form of music and form of thought called new age that you know it took a like till the mid 80s until it was really in in record shops with its own section and that like people like yanni and enya and um maybe even philip glass or brian eno this idea of the instrumental mood music being a thing Mm -hmm. for the first time i find that very interesting yeah i mean i think well i would separate see Yanni, I don't. Is it Yanni? I don't. I actually don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's like speaking of Enya, I say Caribbean, and most people in the I know say um, Caribbean. Caribbean. Yes. But I say it Caribbean because of Enya. It's a very specific you're, like Caribbean. You're very like continental very, and well traveled. It's how it's how it's, it's, Listen, let's, let's just just as, thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like that. But Philip Glass is. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, Phil Glass is definitely where not, there's not that in instrumental. That, yeah, but that's like, oh gosh, I don't know. But it has been accepted more. Like I don't know who does the opening, uh, the beautiful opening credits to the HBO version of um, My Brilliant Friend. If mm. you've seen the TV adaptation, there's a, a it's like one of the more stunning pieces. There's like very few pieces of music where you won't skip the credits. Mm. Do, do you know? I just skip, 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 and instead yeah. I'm like, I actually need to listen to this just. This, this build, this emotional build. Um, and I think that, like, but Yanni is a good example, like Enya, in the sense that he looks or looked ridiculous. And so there was just this this very sort of cartoonish, like, nobody at the supermarket looks like that, mm. you know, in any country. That's not an American thing. That's not, you know, nobody at your local shop looks like Yanni <laughs> or probably Enya. And so I think there's... Um, but that's actually not answering really your question was not even your question, but is more about, yeah, there was a hard stop of capitalism because you can't really sell it, even though these are best-selling musicians, but mm. the, the messages that are contained therein, you know, they're great capitalists, these people, but like, oh yeah, and yeah, every, but they're massive. Oh my gosh. But their massive fan base, um, Maybe is is not. I mean, or they didn't think that there was a space for it, for um, for that sort of deep emotionality and that deep build and getting in touch. And um, there's also the question of when you listen to it, because you're not listening to this music, you know, in your Beamer driving around Beverly Hills. You know, like this is like Bretty Stanella's time, right? So you're yes. not listening to it. Uh, you know, or at a party. I mean, I don't know when you're relaxing at all. Like the eighties just felt like, you know, just so much cocaine. I just don't know when you would like, I've never tried listening to any on, on drugs, like not that kind. I think that would be an amazing, um, texturized experience. There are, there are, there are definitely <laughs> kinds of drugs that were built for Enya. Yeah. But you know, speed is not one of them. And I just, I just, I just feel like, um, so yeah, culturally it's interesting. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But the cultural pendulum always swings back and forth like that. I think now we're in actually a different moment where 
then one wants to call it new age. I feel like new age also, is it, this is a silly question. I don't even know if it's PC to say this anymore. Is it like saying world music? Oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? I know, yeah. I'm sure that, you know, there's a, I, I probably it's fine. Probably it's still a, a category in the Billboard music charts. Mm. But, you know, I mm. feel like, is it, a sort of ghettoizing of that kind of music or I don't know it, do, it does now you think about it it does sort of feel like one of those things that some like a 21 year old is going to tell you is like not not good not okay <laughs> yeah, not okay um, but for some reason but the way I sort of like uh, understand it is that like you are using in definitely in Enya's case like very new instrumentation like she's using a synthesizer like that first album was I think was all made yes. by machines right and but and reverb yeah the and, amount yeah. of reverb it's you could you could choke a mermaid yeah you could <laughs> yeah you're using so new stuff to create this like otherworldly and older like these these songs are supposed to be about like landscape and history and like the curvature of the light and like pagans making sort of layered mouth sounds in order to sort of weave their things together it's like that's supposed to be the vibe you get but she's doing it using synths in a bedroom you know, having just come off of this trad band called Clannad. And I find that to oh, that's be right. such a romantic thing of like there being this girl who only sings in Irish with her family and just in her bedroom, she's plinking and plunking on her synths. You know, it's very <laughs> beautiful to me. I mean, this is, yeah, it's, I guess maybe it's the Irish version of, you know, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. We started, you, we started a garage. Now look at us. We've ruined the world. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Enya is that sort of like the female energy of the Steve Jobs in, uh, ambition of like, no, she just wants to be childless in her castle. It's true. Well, actually, childless in the castle and like completely enigmatic and almost has a uniform in terms of yes. how she appears in public, um, does very few interviews. Which is you a know, fantasy, right? Like, there's a lot. Well, yeah, speaking of, um, you know, Elena Ferrante and, and, you know, my brilliant friend, I feel like Enya, one of the things I know about her is that she does very few interviews. And I just feel like I, I have not done the deep dive Google search. I feel like you couldn't even find it if you wanted to. I'm sure, you know, yeah. for the first band was the Celts, right? Was the Clannad were the first band wow. she was in. Wow, see? Yeah. See? See, I've done the deep dive. I am sorry, the Clannad. Um, or for her early albums, like uh, Watermark and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if she did do interviews and you just can't find them anymore. Like, Oh, I, yeah, you, know. you can definitely find on YouTube sort of like the VHS scar tissue over it of like her just like on right. some weird BBC spotlight show. See, in like that is good. Because, I love that. But I now think like the don't do interviews, like, like what a privilege. Like that's the kind of fame... That's such a ridiculous kind of um, sort of artistic fame, which is fine, and there's nothing wrong with it, and good for you, but it's weird that most people who have it don't pass it off as the coincidence of sales. They pass it off as integrity. It's like, I don't so do, like Cormac McCarthy, like, oh, no, 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 I don't do, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do interviews. I'm like, well, that's quite convenient for you, because all you have to do is print an index, or like your shopping list. This is going to get you so much. <laughs> Okay, the, you know? this, I remember feeling this way. I had to like wrench out my earphones one day because I was so mad because I was, I, and I, I, first of all, I love this author. Everyone loves this author. She's the author oh everyone loves. Like Zadie Smith was talking about wow. how she doesn't have the internet and doesn't have a real phone and like her friends tell her what's happening on Twitter. And I was like, well, how nice for you. <laughs> um, I have to, uh, oh, I don't know how to do this um, without being totally obnoxious. I am one of the friends who tells her what's happening. Oh, shut up! <laughs> so I am actually feeding... Oh, well, now I'm not ever getting invited to a dinner party, am I? <laughs> no, 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 it's just very funny. I'm like feeding the monster... Don't the tell her title. anymore! She, doesn't, she can't stand the heat. She gets to stay out of the kitchen. She doesn't deserve to know. <laughs> But I think she has is. a smartphone now, though. I think I think we're okay. Okay, I feel very embarrassed for for um. No, oh, I didn't mean to embarrass you. I just no, no, no. I just I just thought thought it was so hilarious. Where I'm like, it's not less about embarrassing you or even uh, horribly name dropping, but um, just just admitting my culpability and making this annoying yeah. thing worse. Exactly, <laughs> but it, it is those days, and I'm sure you've had them. And like I um, uh, I'm a novelist as well. And I spent the last few years promoting. 
um, uh, uh, Supernatural YA series, and like that's oh. a that's a lot of like going to um, teenagers where they are, which is in school, and like <laughs> now, which is I'm sure much the, the thrill of many parents across Ireland. They're in school. They're in school. Yeah. Oh my god, when that first one came out and they were in COVID, like I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I just yeah. give it to them on the street? <laughs> like, wait, I feel like. Theater? Okay, I know you have a point, but I'm also very excited because I feel like you obviously, you, you probably have a very complicated relationship. When you said fantasy YA, you have a complicated relationship with Anya, surely. Um, so, mm, maybe not. The thing is, I had never truly listened to her until you suggested it for this podcast. Which is <laughs> lovely. Um, and there was this thing of like, because by the time... Uh, I was listening to music. It was, you know, early noughties, late nineties, and she was already this joke. I actually, right. I called my sister, and I was like, because she's, um, she was born nineteen eighty, so she would have mm. remembered the entire period. And she was like, oh yeah, nobody actually listened to that stuff. Like that was just like this. Sort yeah, of, you fell asleep to it. You fell asleep. <laughs> she was very, very insistent that like nobody in Ireland actually liked that stuff. It was just a weird export, like a clanid ring or something, a clanid ring. Ah. Uh. And then I started listening to it this week and my god did I fall for it because like this thing of like and I'm sure you in your writing as well everyone has their own writing rituals whether they get weirdly superstitious about like you know whether it's like your certain kinds of snacks that you have around you or whatever um but definitely having specific music that I listen to is a thing for me and it, it, and it generally is that musical magical kind of like entering another portal lots of scores from costume dramas kind of thing but Sticking on Shepherd's Moon the last couple of weeks has been lovely. <laughs> and I think it's going to stay. It's going to become part of my fantasy writer life now. I hope so. I pushed it away in the same way up till now. I push away things like Terry Pratchett as like oh, existing right. to this like other other generation. And it's like up to me to sort of like, or up to my generation or whatever, to sort of like cut the machete through the long grass and burn it all and start anew kind of thing. But now you go back to Enya and you're like, this really does get you in a place to write about witches. <laughs> it must. I mean, I mean, I have no idea how many albums she sold, but I'm, I want to do one of those things where I'm like, well, you know, 500 million people can't be, be wrong. wrong. And what's, yeah. what's weird is that they can. And that's where you get World War II. But I think that aside from that, <laughs> it is, to me, um, it's interesting if you can, and then I want to I want to hear about your book, but um, it's interesting if you can write to it. Because for sleep, I will say, I have different techniques with it. Like there are a couple of, songs that have almost like um like the second track has almost a boom to it uh where it just feels uh it's things start to speed up like you can imagine it yes. at like a regents a regency dance again for mermaids but like just again like oh, a, a regency you know you dance feel that like for mermaids. <laughs> mm, so mm, rub my chest delicious, delicious. <laughs> yum, yum. About it. Yum, yum. <laughs> but i just feel like um that I actually, that will like wake you up if you're not, <laughs> there's actually, that will wake you up if you're not careful. There are a couple of tracks that you have to kind of lower the music. So I could never write to Enya, but I also write different. I mean, it would be ridiculous. Cause then I think I would make fun of it because of the kind of writing I do, yeah which has so much, um, you know, or, or humor or observation or, or hopefully ob observation that gets, you know, comes out as humor. But um, I think I would then end up, in order to block it out, like making fun of it in my mind. Oh, so what, do, do, you, know what, what been... do you listen to when you write then, if anything? Nothing. Really? I'm really finicky about sound. I get very, which is why, again, that, that I've always been this way. That first moment when my cousin said, oh, I listen to music to fall asleep, even as a little kid who worshipped her, was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to listen to what, like gong sounds or frogs or like any of that um, brown noise, white noise, you know, anything is not, I, I'm not a fan. Mm. I basically need like total the silence, bird, the birds to tone it down a little too. like stop being so desperate. Shh, shh. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so I need, I, yeah, I, I not, but I don't need total silence. Like it's, yeah. it's not like if someone is in the next room and drops their pen, I'm going to freak out. I just don't, I just don't need to listen to music, um, or like it, but you do. I do, yeah. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, but it, but it is that thing of, like, listening to specific... Because I do different kinds of writing, it being, like, specific music to get into specific things. Like, this is embarrassing, but there's, like... 
Have you ever heard of Alan Watts? No. He was like Who's this that? this guy in the 70s that brought like trans I can't believe I'm saying this on podcast. He brought like transcendental meditation to You can edit this to, out. I can edit this out. He brought like TM to the US from India. He was like oh. one of these these great pilgrims of the early 60s and he did a bunch of like a lot of motivational speaking about like the the spirit and and, and all that kind of shit. And then a lot of that has been set to music. And it's just that around and around three books, wow. which is weird because you wouldn't sort of think that someone's speaking voice, like a, a, a gruff man's very English speaking voice, just speaking oh, about I've seen you. the David, I've seen the David Attenborough of like nature videos. It's, the, just it's a very, very, yes, it's yeah. that kind of vibe. Yeah. And I just fucking sink in, man. When it's going really and well. And that's the thing, Gina, I was about to say, you probably, you know, there's this sense of not wanting to stop mid-sentence on like normal music. And so I wonder if it um, helps you write for longer. Yes. Like if the, you you got over the initial hurdle of being able to listen to something while you write. I've never gotten over it, but I, so I don't have, I feel like there's something speaking of like a hidden door, hidden door. There's something waiting for me on the other side. If I can just find the kind of music um, that would help me write for longer or concentrate, you know, like, you know, nature's Ritalin. I don't know. Nature's Ritalin. <laughs> what what was your relationship? Be? Speaking of like going into different like portals and stuff with this music, like what was your relationship to the music videos? Because they are specific as hell and sound like, look like exactly how they sound. So is it, I've seen clips of the videos mm-hmm. for Enya where it's like, it's just sort of like a dissolve, right? It's like yes. a dissolve of one image over the other. You have like a castle, a battle. Like, I mean, I think, I think that um, you'll be happy to know that the reason why I don't really have a fluency in the videos is not because I don't have an interest. It's because I have seen clips of them and thought, this is probably a nightmare for Irish people. <laughs> do you know it's just like here's some stuff here's a video of uh kid rock and it's an american eagle and he's punching a beer yes yes and then it's just a bunch of people you know protesting abortion and and littering and that's that's what we do i just i just can't i can't like i can't imagine what it would look like to an irish person yeah it is but the thing is but they are are there unicorns in them there are unicorns there's a lot of like um if you've ever seen that robin williams movie what dreams may come where he goes to heaven and like they've sort of made everything's a painting it's like a lot of that it's like there's like oh suddenly there's like all these sprites and nymphs and then suddenly like a victorian man with a big camera comes in and then walks off again it's it's like intentionally supposed to be this dreamscape but like dreams that no actual people have that maybe oscar wilde had once you know right Probably not, but yeah, but he's, I have to say, I think that that kind of thing that is, is just sort of, it's a, of its time. It's like what the production quality was, you know, they're they're just sort of, we have very few toys to play with, um, in terms of, you know, special effects and we're just going to use them all, you know, there's just not that many crayons in the box. And so I think therefore like a lot of stuff at that time, a lot of music videos, you know, um, probably bounce off each other in that in that way but I feel like the imagery behind it I just never had that thing and not not to pivot too much I just haven't seen that many of the videos but um I I mean I studied away actually not because of Enya um in Scotland not definitely because of Enya not Ireland definitely because of Enya (laughs) you're like are you listening to what you're saying (laughs) when when you speak (laughs) like no, I think, but I, I, I really enjoy, and that's why I'm like hyper, I think familiar with like, maybe not your sensitivity, but what you're saying is a sensitivity, mm-hmm. um, or your sister's sensitivity, of or dismissal of Enya, the, the vibe, the imagery, the sort of like a cultural context or, or school or new age school she comes from, because like you said, it's got all these, you know, women like <laughs> basket weaving or, you know, it's like very Irish, you know, thing. And I felt very much living in Scotland, that great texture between like, oh yeah, what do like Americans come and they expect us to be like so adorable and they've like what read Harry Potter and like J.M. Barry, you know, yes, and like yes. it's not, it's not all castles in the sky and it's always, it was sort of interesting to witness and again, totally different 
place than Ireland, but I just feel like um, like you're very good. Yes, totally different, but in many ways very the same. Like, well, uh, I, I guess mean, I, I can say that, that like, as an Irish person, they're very similar cultures. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to both. I've been to both. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I think one of the prettiest places I've been to, where I was like, oh, no wonder Enya exists, was the Cliffs of Moher. I'm like, well, oh, that yeah. does it. Well, there like, you well, go. That, you know, but similarly in Scotland, they're like, we're, you know, it's not like we have castles jump, jutting up in the middle of the city, and you're sort of point. You're like, well, like you do. <laughs> but that sort of texture between, you know, modernization and, and um, being contemporary and moving forward and wanting to like, you got to pick what you slough off, you know, it can't be the very best parts. And I think that that's like that rejection of like the imagery in those videos. I mean, unicorns mm-hmm. don't exist in any country. So let's just put a pin in them. <laughs> but We don't know rolling. that yet, Slow. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We are young Much- as a species and the unicorns will reveal themselves <laughs> when we're ready. <laughs> Much like my new age folk album, which will be coming out in 2023. Unicorns <laughs> like, will reveal themselves. Will reveal themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's but, the name of the album. But I'm very interested in this because I'm um, to... To go back to this question of like nationhood, which we seem to be circling around a lot, <laughs> I this, know. it's fun. Um, th- th- obviously, America is like this country that's like, ha- like let's just ha- having a moment, like having a yeah a stressful transitionary phase. Let's say, um, Sh- should we revoke it? It being the country, I don't know. These are questions we ask. <laughs> but when like I, I I know I've had this circular kind of moment with. Irish identities, particularly because I'm Irish, but I live in London. And this thing of like ah. these things that I try to slough off very quickly when I arrived here because I didn't want to be associated with the kind of Enya adjacent vibe or, you know, like, but then living here a long time, realizing I'm going to live here for much longer, probably. Um, and, and then feeling a sense of homesickness and also of pride and of wanting to reclaim these things and like reading about like the pagan sort of days and like all and all this kind of celtic shit and kind of weirdly getting back into it again which i do think happens as you get a bit older which is kind of just advances again and then you get like like my dad for example is obsessed with ancestry.com and that kind of stuff and like Hmm. it eventually goes full circle and you just sort of are obsessed with your own past and don't live in the present at all but like how how when you're an american right now do you reclaim like a prideful nice feeling about your heritage well, for one thing, I will say I just had an immediate rush of the same kind of jealousy of like, oh, wow, when you do Ancestry.com, you can probably get so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet you can. It's like if you ever, I mean, uh, really the people who can get far is if you ever get into like a cab in Stockholm, like the cab driver is like can trace his family back 700 years and that's a cab driver so you're like okay great well that's nice i don't know where i come from or what i'm doing i was just plopped down here (laughs) um so i mean it's really hard and i think it's why we tend to gravitate towards well on on a sort of um micro level it's why we all americans tend to gravitate towards pop culture i think in a very disproportionate way because this is what formed us in so many ways um like this is art history Mm. and it's sort of embarrassing because it's all rented and it's all borrowed um but i i have a complicated relationship with it because i've always been from just outside new york um i grew up about 20 minutes north of here um and you know us in texas a lot of a lot of discussion that these are different countries within this country for different reasons Mm. um or i guess maybe california uh but i feel like to me i think i have felt in a non-panicky um non-melodramatic way more connected to being jewish these days than i have uh in the past because i am all the time all jewish all the time i'll be here all week (laughs) but you know both you know both grandparents everywhere and i feel like um you know i this has been going on for a long time i mean i remember i went to a friend's house for rosh hashanah and she is very very jewish very orthodox no phones everything for the you know for passover is covered in tinfoil which will make sense but uh, basically um and it was the night that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Oh. And a friend walks in and she goes, she's 
friend goes, oh my God, you guys. And we thought it was sort of boy drama. You know, like, I have a story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that kind of tone, like, oh my God. <laughs> she, she walks in and she's like, um, RBG just died. And then boom, cut the phones. So we didn't have phones for dinner. And the conversation at that table is one I'm going to remember for a long time. And now it's granted it's, it's how religious they are and where they come from and where their family is. But it was the first time we had a real conversation of like, I don't know. No one wants to be freak, like ridiculous, but no one wanted to be ridiculous in like 1932 in Germany, you know? And it's like, yeah. are we having that conversation? Wow. And I don't really think it's... Um, I don't know, bad is a weird measurement and way too general and childlike, but like, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I don't think I need to, to leave the country necessarily. Um, if I get property in Canada, it's because of global warming. And so you should do <laughs> consider it. But um, I think it's, it, these, it's a little more than hand wringing right now is the mm. answer, I guess, to the mood of the country. And that was a while ago and it's only gotten, some things have gotten better, but mostly it's gotten worse. And um, yeah, it's really, I don't think that we're grappling with our heritage because it's just, it's not in the past. Our problems are so right now. It's not like, um, I come from a people who did very bad things a long time ago. And that's something that we have to think about, you know, reparations. And we think mm. we have to think about all these things. We just keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do you love this, um, massive superpower problem child um and you know the, the canadians have a good sense of humor about it the mexicans are threatening to build a wall right back like <laughs> like really we're not that psyched about you guys like okay <laughs> um, you're so egotistical and delusional <laughs> like, <laughs> but i guess but it's still all those wonderful things. I mean, it still is a place for um, a better life for so many people. It is still, you know, um, a magnificent country. It's just so buried and difficult right now. I don't know. It's hard to talk about because it's very heartbreaking. No, I mean, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, no. And I also appreciate that, like, far away from Enya. But, like, I, I also just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I envy I envy the country where she, wherever she is. <laughs> Sounds nice. No, I, but the only reason I bring it up is that, is that it's all I think about lately. Because, like, you know, obviously we receive so much U.S. news and, uh, and all I right. ever think is... And I've got, obviously got quite a few American friends over here. And all I think about is, like, how, how do they keep their hearts from breaking every day? Because when, when something sad happens in Ireland, like, I remember when I moved here and this was still this kind of time where like, it felt like every other week there were women who were like dying because of um, not being able to access abortions. And people would talk right. about Ireland here in this way of like, you know, well, how can we bring them into the 21st century kind of thing a, a little bit. And, and, and I remember feeling so ashamed for years um, and all for all, and all this other stuff as well. And so I just, I just, remember that feeling so well and so when I hang out with Americans I just I know that it can be so grinding you know like this sort of I don't know I don't really but know also doesn't the thing with abortion in Ireland <laughs> what a what a great segue isn't the thing with abortion <laughs> very Seinfeld entry <laughs> don't you just hate it when <laughs> it's so dark sorry no, but isn't the thing great. that they, it was sort of um legalized and then criminalized again no um it was it was criminalized for a long time and then it was decriminalized. Uh, it was decriminalized in twenty eighteen. Okay. Yeah. okay, for some reason I thought there was either talk of criminalizing. I, I somewhere on the periphery of my vision is the idea that like it's going to be a problem again. Oh God! Don't tell me that. Sorry, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I am not an Irish news source. It's completely like don't Shit. don't listen to me. Um, like. I feel like we've, we've gone all over the map, but I've really, really enjoyed chatting. It's been really fun. It was so fun. Thank you. I mean, I feel like, you know, to prepare for this, um, not that you need to remind yourself of something that, um, not even that I love. I don't know if I would like make other people listen to Enya, but it's just so ingrained and, and uh, part of my sort of uh, auditory diet, I guess. Uh I listened to it last night. I was like, I'm going to listen to it so I can, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. And I thought, well, I want to be familiar with all the tracks. Um, 
you know, just the order of them and speak as if I know what I'm talking about. And um, I fell asleep right away. Oh, right away. (laughs) Like a little baby. Like a little baby, which is sad because I think the last track on that album is one of the more, that's a real Cliffs of Moore you know yeah you know, but the thing like, is that album kind there's, of there's thing. so much range man there there is like this kind I of know. like that 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 sort of chanty one where it's like ba 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 da, ba and it just sounds like lots of women the, yeah, yeah. the, the march one the march yeah 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 um, it's like a march it's it, to me it sounds like um yes like a, a get ready to to Get your bow and arrow ready. Yes, it feels very like a, brave, a harsh. Yeah, but like and very that era as well of like just a lot of very. sort of like quasi Celtic stuff coming out. Um, but and then like but then you have a lot. Then you have a song that could sound like a Dido song. You know, it's like I feel like there's a lot of range within. There the is. I don't think she. I think she wrote most of them, but there's or maybe can she collaborated with, and that could mean many things. I don't want to take away songwriting credit from Enya and have her come down from her castle and kill me. But like she, <laughs> she could do. She could do, and no one would miss me. She is just so powerful. Who would tell Zadie about Twitter? <laughs> there's like seven of us, honestly, that will tell. Someone will you know what Enya Enya will kill me take the mantle and just start, and the weird thing is, the, I, I don't know Zadie yeah. Smith and I don't know Enya but I feel like they'd get on you know I feel like they'd have the, like, lots like to say to each other well I do think people who have had um, uh, who have become sort of uh, whether it's positive or negative sort of fodder for society and become cartoons of themselves mm-hmm. um, and who cannot walk into a situation without uh, more than a normal amount of perception about them in advance. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's great, you know, probably for both of them. And sometimes it's a misery. And I actually do think that there's something psychological that I, I certainly cannot have that conversation, but you know, maybe yeah. call me, call me when this book becomes a huge hit and I'll tell you <laughs> what it's like. Which it will be. And what I what I love about this new book of yours, the of, of Cook I'm I'm just at the point where you described earlier on of the her discovering that she her sort of ex boss and ex colleague are involved in this mind control cult that also centers around her. Um, it's this thing of like we talk about um it's it's it, it is a sort of like morality not a morality but a kind of a parable about modern dating, isn't it? And this thing and like and what we do with all the love that we discard after we yes. fall in love with people and no nobody has a good answer to that and everyone wants it to be like oh well you carry it with you but you you, you kind of don't you kind of just like lose bits of yourself to these people along the way and they'll and there's all of that but it's like in dating we get so convinced that everyone is judging our actions all of the time and everyone's thinking about us and in this book that's true <laughs> and I find that very <laughs> validating <laughs> All your worst nightmares. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like there is um, a sort of itch that gets scratched. You know, that like, again, not to, to belabor it, but like that room you don't want to look behind is like, well, are people thinking about me? Am I thinking about them? Um, do I have no taste, control? Do I have no ability to get closure? You know, like you sort of like, oh, God, people are actually... Um, but in, in the end, I mean, it ends up having sort of a positive a positive lesson in a way, but it's a, a sort of snarky road to, to get there. Um, but yeah, she keeps running into all of her ex-boyfriends as long as she steps within a five block radius of this building, this sort of quote unquote magical, it's not magical, it's more speculative fiction, but like this sort of magical building. Um, and she has to ask herself, would she do it? And I think you would do it. That's what's funny is a lot of the response to the book has have been these questions of like, oh, you know, well, would you do it if you were presented with the opportunity and if you were in her position, which is she's engaged but unsure, mm. to run it, like basically open up your phone and look through every text exchange where you've said something embarrassing or someone else has said something embarrassing, but sort of in real life, <laughs> which is what it is to run into an ex every night um, in this sort of Groundhog Day yes. fashion. But it reminds me, and this will um, sort of dovetail with some of the other references I think we've made, um, of the Grimm's fairy tales, mm. which if you ever read the original ones, mm. are horrific. Oh yeah, like Cinderella's sisters oh, can't get into off the their shoe because they slice the yeah one yeah. slices off the feed. Oh. Uh, but it's very like rapey. It's a very like 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 let's think about Sleeping Beauty and where that could go. You know, the whole mm. thing is so 
nuts. And um, I remember talking to a German friend once, um, and he said, but yeah, it confirms your worst fears as a kid. You know, you're worried there's a monster hiding in the closet and your parents tell you, no, 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 there's no monster. Don't worry about it. Mm. But there is something, this messed up, I can't, yeah, I keep saying it, sort of a, a, a scratched itch of mm. saying, yes, there is a monster. His name is Herman. This is what he looks like. Wave, Herman. You know, I mean, this is sort of like yeah. the Pixar concept of it, yes. you know. Yes. But of just knowing that, like, yeah, your exes are, some of them don't think about you. Some of them miss you. Some of them are quietly judging you. <laughs> and now you get to run into them all in this novel in a concentrated time frame. You know what? I think I would do it. There are still, I would do it. We would all, that's like every woman would do it. <laughs> every man who reads this book is like, ew. Like, why on earth? Yeah, <laughs> why on earth? But I think men are, men in this generation are afraid of their past girlfriends in a way that they haven't been before. I think they're just like, yeah. always waiting to be outed for something. <laughs> you mean, well, even the nicest yeah, that, men. <laughs> yeah, well, that fear of, I mean, not to make it too uh, big, but that, that sort of abject gut level fear of women is why, uh, America is in the political situation it's right so wow, it's all funny yeah. it's all yeah. sorry to be weird but it's all fun and games until you know people start dying oh but my yeah God. but on, on a dating level it's quite funny yeah sure <laughs> shit well um, the, wow. zoom, the zoom is saying that we have less than a minute left but this is a very weird oh, place okay. to leave it <laughs> oh. well if you want to escape if you want is a little bit of escapism that's why God made Enya. There you go. We did it, Sloan. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, oh, thank you for having me. It was a wonderful. joy. We're going to get shut off by Zoom any second now, but please oh, okay. send, send me your thingy and I'll follow up by email. I will. Okay, okay you too. Bye. 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 <laughs> this has been Sentimental Garbage and I've been Caroline O'Donoghue. The podcast was produced and edited by me with mix and music by Harry Harris and artwork by Gavin Day. If you'd like to email me about the pod, you can do so on sentimentalpod at gmail.com or get in touch with me directly on Twitter or Instagram at Zaraline. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.